0: You know, it's good to see all of you this morning. It's good to see all of you that are watching online. And, uh, you know, there are moments in life, there are things that happen in your life, sometimes that just just are sort of profound for you and make you realize just how old you really are. And uh, Hazel, Grace, and Warren were baptized uh, today, and um, we have a history with uh, the McPherson family um, their grandfather hired me as a banker when I started my banking career. And, um, and then um, when Hazel, Grace, and Warren's dad, uh, Doug, was about their age, and his sister Shannon was a little younger, Nancy and I used to house-sit and babysit for Doug and Shannon. And so when you're talking about babysitting somebody, and then you see their kids in the baptistry, you're just like, man, my knee's hurting for some reason. I got arthritis or something. I don't know what's going on. You just feel, but it's, it's, but it's wonderful to see that and to see generations uh, coming to know Christ and, and living for Him, and that's really incredible. You know, um, this morning, uh, the weather's been a little... little weird, hasn't it? I mean, you know, that we had this front that sort of blew through. And and, uh, this um, morning when I came to church, I got here probably a quarter to eight or so. And uh, Nancy had to get up earlier than me today because she's singing. So uh, when she has praise team, she has to get up at 5 a.m. And so she was up and I got up about six. Well, she was getting ready to come in to go to praise team and get ready. And I'm, and I'm getting up. And you know how you get, you just get out of bed and you, you're just in, in like, like a little funk. You know, you got that, you're just not quite with it yet. And so I'm just getting out of bed and she's stirring around and she hears me get out of bed. And so she goes, hey, there's a tornado, watch out. Okay. Well, you know, that's Florida. We hear that stuff. And so, and I'm, and I'm like, in a daze, and I'm like, a tornado, watch, good grief? And so, 15 seconds later, 30 seconds later, I don't know how long it was, she goes, hey, and, and she, she wasn't connecting the dots, but she goes, do you hear a train? I'm not kidding. So, I'm in this weird place, because I'm not quite awake, and I'm like, tornado, watch, train. And I'm freaking out, and kind of for a moment, you know, I'm like, what, what, what uh, train? And so then it sort of dawned on me, we, we do live in Southeast Winter Haven, so there's, we can sometimes, if it's really quiet in the mornings, and it's, there's not a no- noise outside, you can hear in the distance, you can hear the, the CSX trains. And so I hear this roar off in a distance. And so I go to the back door, I open the door, and I stick my head out, and I'm listening, like, really careful. And I hear, you know, and, and, but then every now and then I can hear, ta Tink, ta tink. ta and I'm like, we made it. I mean, I thought the next words out of my mouth were, "We're not in Kansas anymore, Nancy." You know, I didn't know. I said, "But it was—it was a morning where, boy, I—I got—I woke up quick. Uh, but it, it was—it was something. Uh, you, you just, you just thought you'd enjoy the story. I don't know. It's just crazy. Okay, Nancy, just be careful how you put phrases together and things, just think about that with me for just a little bit. Anyway, hey, we are in this great series that we've been in called Disciple. And we're talking about being a disciple, making disciples. And we have been talking about what is a disciple? And we've talked about like some of the characteristics of discipleship. And we define disciple, uh, a disciple as someone who has a relationship with Jesus and is seeking to grow in that relationship, to grow deeper and to become more Uh, what God wants them to be, to grow in the image and the likeness of of Christ. And as believers, we ought to always be moving forward. That's that's what uh, our lives are about when we become believers. We are disciples of Christ, so we should be moving forward. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about something that I believe is really, really important when it comes to our life as disciples, Um, and it's your lifestyle. I wanna talk to you about lifestyle this morning because our lifestyles are critically important when we think uh, about being a disciple because our lives, you know, your lifestyle is what you do day in and day out. It's the way you live your life. It's the attitudes that you have, the things that you say, the places that you go, the things that are important to you. And I believe that our lifestyle is a snapshot of what is really important to us. And and it's what's really important, it's what's in our core, at the center of us. Our our lifestyle demonstrates what I'm most passionate about. Whatever my, however my lifestyle looks, and and what I'm most concerned about, what's important to me, my lifestyle demonstrates that. So as a disciple, as a follower of Christ, my life should look a certain way, and it's really important that it does. But, and we'll see why in in just a, a few moments. But lifestyles are interesting things because, you know, people can look at you and they can see your lifestyle, but then sometimes there are fake lifestyles, right? Sometimes people try to look like they're rich and famous when really they're poor and pitiful. You know, I mean, sometimes people try to be something that they're not. People try to impress other people. And that doesn't uh, escape us that are in the church because sometimes we see lifestyles of people that call themselves disciples, right? and they say I'm a Christian, and, and they tell everybody they're a Christian, and they want people to believe they're a Christian, but when we look at their life, it doesn't look like what we would think a Christian would look like. You know what I'm talking about? So we see that kind of thing, and, and, and we, you know, we don't wanna see that kind of thing. We wanna see people living authentic, genuine lives for Christ. And so we're gonna be talking about that today. And, and, and let me just tell you, when people live lives that don't match what they profess when they live you know lifestyles that don't look like they're a disciple of Christ and they're saying that I am a disciple of Christ when people live those kinds of lives i think those people are some of the most dangerous people in the world because People are watching them and they're telling people this is what a Christian looks like and their life isn't consistent with what a Christian should look like and it does a lot of damage to the cause of Christ and and does a lot of damage to Christianity. So this is an important subject that we're we're talking about. Now, it may not seem like a really big deal what kind of lifestyle we live and the lifestyle that we present to others, but it is. Because, and, and here's the big reason. The life that you live and that I live, if we profess to be a follower of Jesus, is going to do one or two things. If we just boil it all down where the rubber meets the road, our life is either going to push people away from Jesus or it's going to pull people towards him. And, and our lifestyle has, has a lot of impact on people. There's actually a place in the Bible that talks about lifestyle, and we're going to be going there this morning. We're going to be looking at, um, at a um, letter that Paul wrote to the church at Colossa. We're going to take a verse out of Colossians today uh, that gives us some insight into how we should live our lives in a way that will benefit the kingdom, in a way that will glorify God, in, in, in a way uh, that will demonstrate to other people what being a Christian is really all about. So, if you have your Bibles with you today, turn to the New Testament, to Colossians chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verse 5, and then there'll be some other verses thrown in, but the words will be on the screen uh, as well this morning. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 says to walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Pretty simple verse, doesn't seem too complex, but there's a lot of stuff packed in this verse. Paul here is talking to disciples, and he — to — followers of Christ, people who profess to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's talking to them and he's talking about how they should conduct themselves as they go through their daily lives, their everyday lives, as they rub elbows with other people, as they, as they influence people who are not Christians to outsiders, as we're going to see in a moment. And he's providing instruction as to how we should function as believers, what our life should look like as we go into the workplace or as we go to school or, you know, as we go to baseball practice or to the grocery store or wherever it is that we go, our life should be lived in such a way that people look at us and they see Christ, that they see Jesus in us all the time. We cannot divorce our lives from our relationship with Jesus. We can't divorce our lifestyle from our relationship with Jesus. Once we put our faith and trust in Jesus and the Holy Spirit indwells us, we, we are now on his team. We now are a representative for the kingdom. And so we have to live our lives in a way uh, that would show that. So he says to walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. And so he's saying, this is how you ought to conduct yourself. And so he's providing instruction, how we should function. So here here it is. We're going to break it down into just two or three things here. One thing is that a disciple's life uh, should be consistent. It ought to be be consistent. He says to walk in wisdom toward outsiders. And and so that walking in wisdom is a continual thing. It is an ongoing, everyday life. effort. We're intentional about walking in wisdom towards outsiders or towards anyone else for that matter. And we have a consistent witness, if you will. Our, Our lives are consistent. There are other places in the Bible that speak to this. Paul wrote another letter to a church in the city of Corinth, and in his first letter to them in 1 Corinthians, he wrote these words, "...therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable," always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Now, now I, I can't think of anything that lends more credibility to the things of God, to those people who don't know Christ, than consistent living by believers. It, it lends credibility to Christianity. It lets people see that there really is substance to what we believe. It lets people see that this is something that's real. It's just not this thing out there that, you know, sort of a hit and miss kind of a thing. That, that is, it is something that we believe to our core and that we live. The best testimony that you and I can give to people out in the world that do not have a relationship with Jesus, who haven't bought into this whole idea of Christianity, is to live our lives according to God's plan consistently, all the time. Be be consistent in living for Jesus, regardless of what comes your way. You may be saying, well, Ed, you don't know what I'm facing. You don't know this, you know, I'm facing an illness right now. It's hard to To live consistently for Jesus in the midst of all the stuff I'm going through. Or maybe there's some turmoil in your family or there's something going on at work. And you're like, I I can't live consistently. Oh yes, you can live consistently. And even in the midst of your trials, you can demonstrate to people that this is how people who follow Jesus live through this kind of thing. And that's something that we have to do. We have to be consistent in in our living. And it's a great testimony. I don't have to tell you this, but the moment that someone finds out that you are a Christian, the moment they find out that you say you're a Christian, the moment they find out by someone else telling them that you are a Christian, the moment the word Christian is slapped on you, that label is put on you, that moment, everybody starts watching you and you are being criticized. You know, and and, and people are being very critical about you. People are watching you. They're talking to other people about you. If you make a mistake, they're gonna talk about that mistake. No, granted, we can't be perfect, and I understand that. But we need to be consistent in our lives. When we mess up, we need to be honest that we messed up. We need to ask for forgiveness. And if someone start, you know, enters into a conversation about us messing up, just be honest about messing up and saying, that's the great thing about having a relationship with Jesus, is that I'm forgiven of my sins and I can be forgiven of my sins. And so we can share that. But we need to be consistent because people's eyes are on us, everybody's watching us, especially think about this, in the culture that we live in today, in society today. You know, in, in a very real sense, Christians are an anomaly, I mean, you know, there, there, there are a lot more people who aren't followers of Christ in the nation and the world than there are that are followers of Christ. And so when we say we have this answer to life, when we say that we know how to have eternal life, when we say there's only one way to get to heaven and that's through Jesus Christ, and when we say that, 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 that He's what really matters, our priority should be Him, when we say those things and we say that we're a Christian and that's how we live, people are going to watch us to see, is this genuine? Is this Christianity thing legitimate? Is this Christianity thing something I really want to get involved in? Does this really make a difference in your life? Are these people just like kind of doing this sometime and not doing it other times? Or are they consistent in the way that they live? So we need to make sure that we're consistent because people are watching us. And, you know, and let me just say something real quick. I, this is just a personal thing, but just be consistent all the time in, in, in your life. And if, and, if you're, and if you've got issues in your life, you know, like, don't try to come to church and act different than you do when you're out somewhere else. And for goodness sake, when I run into you out in a restaurant, don't act different because the preacher's there. You know, what am I going to do? You're, God's watching you. I, I can't do anything to you. Right? It's so funny. You know, it's amazing. I'll be in a restaurant, I'll hear a whole conversation. Somebody from the church will be there. Maybe they're at the table next. You can kind of hear the conversation, and I would never really listen. Anyway, um, uh, but, but, you know, you're, you're listening to the conversation, and you can tell. And they're just having a conversation. They're talking about all this stuff and all that. And then all of a sudden, they get ready to leave, and they see us over at the table. So they're going to come over and visit the preacher and his wife for just a minute. And they come over, and all of a sudden, their entire language changes. They're using words like blessed and highly favored and they're using all these words that they didn't use before. Listen, if you were cussing at the table, just cuss to me, it's cool. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, be yourself. I would rather know who you are and what you're all about. At least I know where to start. We'll go back to the other day when we talked about speech, if that's your problem. Okay, but, but we need to, to just be honest. And, and I can't stand that, the fakeness, and we don't want to do that. We want our lifestyle to, to really demonstrate that we are followers of Jesus Christ. In any environment, no matter who we're with or what's going on, that's our witness, that's our testimony, that's the thing that, that, that people should see Jesus in us and be attracted to what they, they see. And, and, and while I'm on a soapbox for just a minute, if you'll just allow me, if you'll just, just, just bear with me for just a moment. Okay, listen, don't be one person in life and be another person on social media. Can I get an amen? I mean, I don't ask for them very often, but that deserves one right there. I'm telling you, guys, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. You know, you, you get on social media and people become something else. And listen, you need to look like Jesus on social media too. If anywhere in the world they knew Jesus, it's on social media, right? So, so, so act like that. I mean, you know, don't get in stupid arguments on social media. Don't even get in arguments about spiritual things. You know why? No one wins an argument on social media. There's not a human being who's ever won an argument on social media. Everybody that gets in the argument just looks like an idiot, okay? So, don't do that. Just say happy birthday to people. You know, tell them they're glad that the balloon popped and it was pink or blue. I t- Tell them that kind of stuff. Post a Bible verse. Invite them to church. <laughs> Just don't get in all that other junk. And don't believe everything that you read on there. Well, another thing about a disciple's lifestyle is that they should be grounded in wisdom. Colossians 4, 5 again says, walk in Wisdom. There's that word wisdom. That is an incredible word. It's it's a big deal. Uh, How do we get it? What kind of wisdom are we talking about here? And how do we get it? Where do we get it? Where does it come from? How do we become wise? Well, Proverbs 9.10 says this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Fear of the Lord is not some fear that God is going to reach out of heaven and punch you in the nose because you did something bad, or He's going to spank you or something like that. That's not what the fear of the Lord is. It's the deepest form of respect and trust. It's a reverential fear. You know, it's loving Him and knowing that He's right and true, and that He's holy and righteous. And, and living your life in, in, in hopes that you can live your life in a way that will bring him glory. And, and so it's this deep reverential type of fear that he's talking about. But that's the beginning of wisdom. Because when we live our lives in light of who God is and what God has done for us, and we try to live our lives so that we can bring him glory each and every day, that's the beginning of wisdom. That'll lead you to a good place. You'll make good decisions when your when your ultimate goal is to bring glory to God, so how, how do we get that? I mean, how do we how do we have that wisdom? Well, first of all, we need a relationship with Jesus. We'll never have wisdom the way God wants us to have it and the way He's designed for us to have it if we don't have a relationship with Jesus, because the first thing is to have that relationship. So we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. Then God sends His Holy Spirit to indwell us, and the Holy Spirit ministers to us and is there with us, working in us now, to help us make good decisions, to help us desire the right things, and to move in the direction that God wants us to move. And, and then we also uh, need to ask God for it. We need to pray and ask God for it. In the book of James, it's a great verse in James 1, 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives it generously to all without reproach and, and it will be given to him." So that says that when we legitimately ask God for wisdom, so he will give it to us. Now, you've got to ask him for wisdom for the right things. Now, what do I mean by the right things? It's not a list of things. It's just the, a big, broad, overarching thing. what you're asking for has got to be aligned with the will of God. It's got to be something that brings God glory. If you're planning on robbing a bank, don't ask God for wisdom. You know, he's he's not going to do that unless he's chosen you for prison ministry. I, maybe you know, perhaps that that could be something that, that's going on. But 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 ask him for things. Asking for things that are in alignment with well, you know, God, give me wisdom on how to be a good dad, a good mom, a good brother, sister, grandparent, whatever. God, give me wisdom as to how I can be a good employee, a good employer. Uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, when we ask God for that, God, give me wisdom on how I can bring you glory through all the roles that you have assigned to me in my life. God, help me to have wisdom, and He will. Give give it to us, and it says liberally and without, or generously and without reproach. We also need to be in the Word of God. Colossians 3.16 says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So let's just be, you know, get in the word of God. We, we see what he says. What are his principles? What are his guidelines? What are his commands? What are those things he said we should do? What are the things he said we should not do? What, what, where, what should we run to? What should we run away from? And, and so God has sh- shared that with us in his word, so we also need to be in the word. And then also in Colossians 1.28, it says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That is godly instruction. So let me just boil it down. I'm going to give you a little list, but it's this. You you want godly wisdom? You want to know how to walk in wisdom in your relationship with God so that people see Jesus in you? Okay, you need a relationship with Jesus. Jesus, people can't see Jesus in you, if he's not in you, you've got to have a relationship with Jesus, and then through prayer and asking God to help you and give you wisdom, and then through Bible study, understanding what's in the Word of God and how we can apply it to our lives, and then through godly instruction, when, and godly instruction is like today, when you're listening to a sermon preached, or maybe you're in a small group and you're studying in a small group and you're just sort of bantering back and forth and talking back and forth and speaking into each other's lives and those kinds of things. So that's how we have uh, that that wisdom, and and, and that's how we um, can be grounded in wisdom. Another thing about a disciple's lifestyle is they should be godly. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, our verse says, making the best use of your time. How do you make the best use of your time? Well, every opportunity we have, we need to demonstrate with the time that we have on this earth to those who aren't Christians what the Christian life is all about. they, They need to see something different in you and me. They need to see Christ in us as we're living our lives. From a very practical standpoint, if you're a disciple, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, let, let me give you just some ideas. Out of, now, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just three things out of life. But I'm going I'm to talk to you about some things that, that, that can, it can ruin your witness. Number one, if, if you're a disciple, you need to be the best employee at the company that you work at if you work. If you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, you need to be the best stay-at-home mom or dad. You, you need to be great, because the Bible says you're not working for someone else, you're working for Jesus, and you're representing Jesus in the workplace. You know, if you're an employer, that goes for you as well. You need to be the best employer. If that, that's a very practical thing, but that's the way we live our lives. You should keep your promises if you're a disciple. If, you should let your yes be your yes, and your no be your No. If you tell somebody something, you ought know, to keep your word, you know? And then I picked some things that I think we struggle with a little bit, Now I, I think this is one of them. We need to keep our word, and, and that, that'll keep us from a lot of heartache, and, a lot, and it'll help us, people, to see Jesus in us. Okay, now this one right here, I'm going to mess with you a little bit, but, and, and, but let me explain it. You need to pay your bills if you're a disciple. Okay, now, now listen, some of you may be here today, and you go, no, I don't like that. Not, not because you don't want to pay your bills, but because you seriously and legitimately have, have a financial difficulty in your life. Those come. I mean, we don't, we don't, we're not, you know, I'm not naive. I understand that there are things that happen in life. Divorces happen. It messes things up. Pandemics come that we didn't expect. Messes up some jobs. And I get that. But here's the deal. If you have a job, if you have income coming in and you go and you, and I was a banker, right, for about 20 years, so this is kind of a soapbox for me. It drives me nuts. And when you have to chase people around that don't make their payments, it'll drive you nuts too. Okay, here's the deal. If you sign a contract with someone and you owe them money and you have a job, then you manage your finances in a way that you can repay what you promised to repay. If you don't, it's sin. It's sin. I wonder what would difference would make if people that come out to collect from banks and finance companies and all that, what difference it would make in people's lives if they just put a note on the door that says, you're a sinner and you're going to hell if you don't make this payment. I used to tell people. No, I didn't do that. I, I really, I did not, I did not do that. Uh, I, I did not do that. Uh, but, but, but you get it, Right? You need to pay your your bills. Don't enter into some kind of a financial obligation if you can't handle it. And why did I bring that up in this sermon? Because it is something that is incredibly, it's pervasive in our society today. People are overextended and and they can't pay their bills. People come in to see me, we can't pay our bills. And then you look down and go, well, why do you keep going and getting more? Follow God's financial plan, you'll never go wrong. Okay, I'll leave it there, all right? And we've got great people in this church that are, that literally are expert financial advisors and bankers and people that would be happy to sit down and talk to you and help you understand how to get those kind of things under control. And we can even maybe guide you to someone that can help you if you have a legitimate financial difficulty on your hand. And we would invite you to do that. But pay your bills. That's a discipleship principle, okay? Bring God glory through your daily living, And and so we need to tell people about Jesus. And and also making the best use of our time means that there's an urgency uh, uh, sort of implied here. Make the best use of your time. You know, we all have a limited time on this earth. The Bible says we're like a mist or a vapor that appear, appears for a little while, and then we're gone. And so, you know, our time on earth, and, and some of you didn't even become a believer till later in life, so you you know, you have a, a, a short time a window, a time frame to really share Christ and to make a difference for the kingdom. So, so get out there and, and do that. Live your life in such a way that you're making a difference for the cause of Christ in a positive, positive way. You know, your lifestyle is really the sum total of the way you go about living your life. And whether you like it or not, you are a billboard for Christianity if you call yourself a Christian. The moment you label yourself a Christian, the moment you say that you're a disciple, you have a billboard and you are broadcasting what Christianity looks like. And you're either pushing people away from Jesus or pulling them towards Jesus. And so we need to make sure that people see Jesus in us and we act like that. And, and, so we, and so we have to work on all the areas of our life so that our lifestyle reflects Christ likeness. It's, it's an indicator, the way you live, of what kind of disciple you really are. What does your lifestyle say to your kids? They see the real you. What does your lifestyle say to your coworkers? To the people in the community, I mean, students, those of you that are in school, what what does your lifestyle say to your fellow students? Well, you know, it's important, and and I can't overemphasize that, but but some really good news is that you can improve your lifestyle. If it's not where you would like it to be, and you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, boy, you know, my lifestyle could use a little overhaul here, or it could use a little tweaking here or there, well, there's good news is that it can be improved. You just have to make godly choices. You just have to pray each and every day and ask God for wisdom. You just have to get in His Word and see what He says and try to obey it and follow it to the best of your ability. So my challenge to you this morning is this. I'm going to challenge you to do something. I want you to pray before you get out of bed. I want you to pray a simple prayer before you get out of bed every morning. Just simply pray this, and then you can have your quiet time later, you can pray later, however that works for you and that in your life. But just pray this when you, when you get up in the morning, when you open your eyes before your feet hit the floor, just pray this, God, help my lifestyle bring you glory today. Just pray that. And if you'll pray that, and you'll be sincere and genuine and then throughout the rest of the day, you pray for wisdom and help and guidance in doing that. God will help you do that because He wants you to bring Him glory and He'll help you out. That prayer is a great place to start. And, and here's the deal there isn't a person in this room that can't do a self evaluation. And I would submit that there's not a person in this room that doesn't need to do a self-evaluation. I wish I could stand up here as a pastor of this church and say, boy, my lifestyle's a model. But my lifestyle doesn't always look like it ought to. Because I'm a human and I'm a man, and because I have a sin nature like everybody else, I have the Holy Spirit of God living in me, but every day I pray that prayer. Every day I ask for help, and I try to grow in Christlikeness day in and day out. But it's an ongoing battle, and it will be an ongoing battle for you. But I believe that if we'll ask him for help, I know that if we'll ask him for help, that if we'll get in the Word of God and we'll see what he wants from us and try to live that life, Maybe get in a small group, a, you know, a heart group here at church and where we can have some accountability partners and we can be you know, speaking into people's lives and they can be speaking into our lives and we can be going a little deeper in the stuff that we're talking about maybe here on, on Sundays. If we'll do those kind of things man, and, and we'll invite Jesus into our life and we'll pray and we'll study the Bible and all those things we talked about, we'll be well in our way to living a lifestyle that brings glory and honor to God. And if you're here today, and you're going, man, this is good stuff. Now, this is what I needed to hear because you know what? My lifestyle is not where it needs to be. And you know, I I just, this hasn't really been a part of my life. And I, but but, you know, something is speaking to me and I feel like I need this. And I feel drawn to, to this. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. And here's where he wants you to start. He wants you to start by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if we will believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. So if you're here today and you have a genuine, sincere, deep, heartfelt desire and to have this relationship with God, you can pray and ask Him to save you, and we have the promise of Scripture that He will matter of fact, I'm I'm gonna pray with you. Right now, everybody close your eyes and if, if that's you today, you pray with me. Just say, Jesus, I needed to hear this today. And God, today, I'm coming to you a sinner. I'm coming to you and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of unrighteousness. I'm asking you to change me from the inside out. And asking you to shape me into the person you want me to be, God, so that my lifestyle advances the kingdom, puts a smile on your face, and brings you glory. So I'm asking you to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, we have the promise of Scripture. If you're sincere and genuine, because there's nothing magic about my prayer, it's what's coming from your heart, but if you're sincere and genuine, We have the promise, the scripture, that God will save you. And if you made that decision, in a few moments, we're going to stand and sing a song. And Here's what I would invite you to do. When we stand up to sing that song, just slide out and make your way to the back, to the doors. We have people with lanyards on that say prayer team, and they are there to talk to you and to pray with you, to answer your questions, to help you understand where do I go from here, what's my next step, all those kind of things. Or maybe you're here today and you have a relationship with Jesus, maybe for a long time, maybe you're a new Christian, and maybe if you, you've sort of thought about your own lifestyle a little bit as we've been talking, and you're going, you know, this area here could use a little tweaking. This could use a little shoring up, or maybe I'm just totally blowing it, or I'm getting it pretty good, but I need to adjust this or that. Listen, today you may need to pray and just recommit your life to Christ. Pray for wisdom and ask Him to help you and, and, and help you in your daily lifestyle. And if you need to pray with someone, you can also slip out and go to the back in just a moment and and pray with someone as well. Maybe you need to make your way to one of the crosses here in the room. You know, we put prayer requests up on those crosses. You can see a couple of pieces of paper. People write little prayer requests. We've got pens and papers. And they put them up on the cross and we pray for you in our staff meetings. Now, if you're not with us today and you're online and you're watching online, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in and watching online. And I know you can't get to the crosses here today. But I know that you can still send us prayer requests and we still take them seriously. I know that you can still put your faith and trust in Jesus right where you are and you can still let us know. And let me tell you how you can let us know. You just go to our website and go to HeartChurch forward slash connect. And, and listen, if you're in this room right now, you can go to Heart Church forward slash connect. And in this, on the seats, every few seats in front of you, there's a, there's a QR code that looks like this that we've put on the back of the seats. You can take your phone and you can hold it up. And I think a lot of cameras will do it. Sometimes you have to have a little app, but you can just take a picture. of it. It'll it take you right to Heart Church forward slash connect. It's that easy. And so we would invite you to do that, to send in your prayer requests, to send you know, in whatever you, you know, questions you have or anything like that, just to get connected i don't know as i tell you every week exactly what all of you need to do today but i do know this we all need to be really good disciples and one of the things that needs to be worked on looked at paid attention to we need to be intentional about is our lifestyle so i want to invite you today to look at that how does yours need to be changed what do you need to do I tell you what, if you'll just follow God's lead and his prompting and what he's saying to you, you can never, ever go wrong. Would you stand with us now as we continue to worship?